0: Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Morning, church. It is good to see you. Well done, you, as Marion said. You didn't stay in bed. Long weekend, but you didn't stay in bed. Well done. Many of us are away. Johan and Marlies and family are all away. Um, Heath and tabs remember are in Italy. Please keep them in your prayers as they visit churches and and see what God is saying. I ask you a question today what would you say is the character of man? if you were in a not in church in work or some place and you're having a debate and I hope you do enter into debate on real issues what is the character of man. Are we fundamentally good or are we fundamentally evil? And I'm thinking that most of you here would agree, I hope, that you are fundamentally evil. Oh, we are. But in the world, what will they tend to say? No, 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 no. We're pretty clever. We're good. Look what we've created. Look what we've done. Look at our technology. Blah, 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 blah. Hey? This, this debate goes back to the seven, started about the 17th, 18th century. Two men, Hobbes and Rousseau, who had philosophers who disagreed. Hobbes said, this is how he described man, the natural state of man, solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. Rousseau said we are all born good. It is civilization that turns us evil. I was trying to you how long ago, maybe 20 years ago, and maybe I'm I'm exaggerating, maybe it's longer. But if 20 years ago, plus minus, most people, if you ask them, secular, are you a sinner? What do you think about sin? Well, I keep the Ten Commandments. So I am not a sinner. But as you look at today, one God, well, one God, come on. We've evolved, we've become more tolerant. There are plenty of gods as long as you believe and serve that God. None of this one God one way. No, 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 no. What about do not steal? Oh I don't steal. But you know, at work, that's that's my stuff as well. I can take home the pencils and the pens. Why pay Etol? It's my right. I didn't make a decision as to whether I should or shouldn't. I'm stealing. What about lies? Well, I don't lie. No, but you know, sometimes you've got to tell a white lie because you must keep people, you must keep the peace. And I hope I'm standing on some toes here, my toes included. What about coveting your neighbor's partner? Well, as long as nobody knows about it. As long as you keep it secret and you don't hurt anyone, it doesn't matter. Would you agree with me that that is the way our society at large is thinking? What does God say? What does His Word say? And you all know, yes, which book we're in? Colossians. And Colossians, the portion that I'm preaching on today, addresses this fundamental who we are. Last week, you did Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4. And we need to remember what was said there, because in verse 5, as you're turning there, Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it uses the word, the fourth word is, Therefore. So we have to ask what it's there for. What was said before? What was Johan? What did the, well not what Johan said, what did the words say that Johan reminded us and showed us in Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4? Can anyone remember? What was it about? We are risen with Christ. We are dead. It said that, we are dead. We are dead, but our life is hidden in Christ. Don't focus on things and earthly things, but focus on things above. It's all about looking up. Looking up. So let's see now what Paul writes to the Colossians after writing that. So we're in chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 5 to 17. Let's pray. God Almighty, creator of the universe... As we sung today, the cornerstone, our cornerstone, the rock on which we stand. God, who loves us beyond our imagination. God, you've given us your word, inspired by your Holy Spirit. And Jesus, I pray for all of us today that we will soften our hearts, that we will hear what you want to say to each one of us personally this day, And Lord, that we will be different, that as we walk out here after this service, we will be different, changed deep inside ourselves, that we may love you more, serve you better, be more and more like Jesus Christ. So Lord, we come to your word. And Lord, I pray for every person seated here today and anyone who might listen to this podcast that we will put aside our prejudices, put aside our false beliefs, and that we will focus in and come to know you, the true you, Jesus Christ. In your precious name, amen. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore what is earthly in you. The King James Version says, mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Mortify. Put to death. And then he lists. Sexual immorality. The Greek word there is pornea, from which comes our word, pornography. Impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, The wrath of God is coming. It is coming. He will judge sin. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Verse 11 Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, another word for that is savage, slave, free. Christianity destroys all barriers. We are all one. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, male, female, what color you are. We are the same in Jesus Christ. Exactly the same. Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on. So he told us to put off. Now he says, put on then. So again, is a therefore. Put on therefore. giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. That is the word of God. So easy title for my topic today, put off, put on. So let's look at what we put off. Verse 5 said, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Not just ignore it. Not say, ah, stop being so to old-fashioned Lainey. Put it off. Kill it. Destroy it. Have nothing to do with it. Put it off. We have to have a radical transformation of our will. Of my will. I acknowledge I need a radical transformation of my will. I need a radical shift in what in my focus. That's what I need because I've got to put to death these things. Why? Let's ask that first before we look at what we have to put off. Why do we have to put off these appetites and passions? As as people say, they're natural passions. What's wrong with you? You're so religious. You're so radical. Yes, we are. Put to death. Why? Verse 7, he says, look at verse 7. In these two, you once walked when you were living in them. David in Psalm 51 verse 5 said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. We are sinful from birth. When we're conceived, we are sinful. That cute little gorgeous baby is sinful. I've had people say to me, How can you say my child is sinful? They are, because the word of God says we are. And we were once in that place. And sadly, if you are not born again, I have to tell you with love, but with conviction, you are still under the condemnation of God. But if we have been born again, we are covered by his blood. And he does not look on us as sinful. Isn't that incredible? So number one, why? Because that's how we are, and we've got to put it to death. We've got to put it to death. Secondly, if we do not kill these things, hear me, they will kill us. They will snuff the life out of us. We will become ineffectual, disheartened people. Paul, again, in Romans 7, 24, said, Wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Paul is born again. Paul is living as a Christian, but still he knows there's stuff in me that I need to kill. Who will deliver me? Only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, in verse 10, it says, And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge After the image of the creator. We are being renewed. We are being renewed. Look at yourself. I don't know, even if you've been a Christian, I was speaking to a Christian, someone who'd been a Christian for three weeks, and they were saying, I'm dressing differently. Something in me has changed. And you know what? God is going to, until the day we die, we are putting to death this stuff that's in us. Till the day we die, but we are being renewed by his sanctifying grace by the power of the Holy Spirit, and because we choose, do you notice it didn't say Holy Spirit put to death? Who has to put it to death? We do, we have to make the decision to put to death. He enables, He convicts, He encourages, He gives us strength, but we have a part to play. It can't be just, I'm like, oh, just change me, change me. No. He's renewing us day by day. I need, I have to think, Lord, am I walking in obedience to you, Father? Am I surrendering to you, Jesus? Am I listening to you, Holy Spirit, so that I put to death? Paul lists 11 attitudes and passions to put off. And where's cat? Eleven things to put off. Eleven things that if we don't put off, they kill us. They pull us down. The first four are lusts of the flesh. First two, sexual immorality and impurity. Listen to any talk show. These things are old-fashioned. The Bible is old-fashioned. Do you know that when the, bo- the book was written, the book of Colossians, in the Roman times, sexual immorality was at a high, I believe, as it is today? Homosexuality, heterosexuality... <laughs> Just going in for your sexual desires, just giving in to whatever you want, was the norm. It was the norm. Jesus comes and says, "No, there is a different way. This is not of me. This is not of me." Just some thoughts to, and I can't go into too much detail, but have you ever thought of? What is the effect of birth control? Do you know when the pill came in? 1960, not long ago. And when it first came, when it was introduced in 1960, it was only for married people. And eventually, it was, you were allowed to buy it if you were not married. People have always tried not to conceive. They've used various methods for thousands of years. But our birth control methods, what effect has that had? A natural deterrent to sexual pleasure. A natural deterrent. is taken away. I can do what I like, when I like, who or I like, and I don't have to worry about falling pregnant. And if I happen to do that, rah, 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 I can go and have an abortion. What has the, we done? What have we done as a people with sexual immorality? We're a mess. And please, I wonder how you're sitting there. Oh well, hmm, thank you. Like the Pharisee, I'm not like that. I'm single and I've never had sex. Or I'm married, I've only ever had sex with my husband." Pharisee. Why do I say that? Jesus said. On the Mount, on, when he gave the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, what did he say? If you think it, you have committed adultery. People, what are we reading? What programs are we watching on TV? Oh, well, you know, I'm mature. I can deal with this. Are we? The, I, it boggles me. There's no program where you cannot not see pornography. Are we just watching it because we're big enough? We know. He says, put it to death. I challenge you. I know me. When you go to gym and I think you see a nice body or wherever on the beach, where is your mind? We are committing sexual immorality. Every single one of us. I am. Are you? Put it to death. Put it to death. The next two, passion and evil desire. Passion when you're a slave to your passions. Evil desire when you desire wrong things, things that are not good. The fifth one, it's the love of the world. We are called as a people. We're made in the image of God. And every single person is designed to love God. And anything that we love more than God is wrong. Covetousness. Where we always want more of that thing. We always want more. Someone likened covetousness to trying to fill a bowl with water and it's got a hole in it. Desiring what we cannot have. Desiring what we should not have. Giving our love to something other than God. That is covetousness and it is idolatry. That's why that verse says this is idolatrous because we're giving love to something other than God. Then he names in the same text. So those are the four. Like, okay, those are the grotty ones. I don't do those. So I challenge us that we have all do, we do all do them. And then he gives things which, yee. Now, none of you can tell me you don't do these ones. Anger. He, he says anger and wrath. Anger is the way that if you look at the Greek, the anger is long-lasting. You know, when you hold that, uh, that person. And every time you see them, it's like, uh, they irritate me. Anger. Wrath is quick. Oh, that idiot in the traffic. My daughter tells me I call everyone dude when I'm irritated with them. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Rough, I do it. Somebody irritates, somebody does something at work or in your spouse, and you just, ah. He says, put that off. Yo, it's a heavy task, hey? Malice. That's of the Mind. Viciousness of the mind. If you then you know when we if only and I wouldn't go through all those lovely blah, things that you would do to that person. That's malice, and you dwell on it, put it off. And then the last three are passions from the how, from the heart, that come through the lips. Slander, Skinner, gossip. Do you know, well, she, blah, 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 that's slander, put it off. Obscene talk. And remember, don't forget, even if we think it, well, everyone does it. It's the norm. Everyone around me does it. They don't see it as obscene. It's just part of their language. Does that mean we can do it? Paul says, God says, put it off. And then lying. There's no such thing as white lies. (laughs) Do not lie. Let's focus on the positive. When we speak, how should we speak? And I think there's three things we can ask ourselves. Number one, Is it true? Is it true? And when we speak about speaking truth, it's not only what we say, it's how we say it. Oh, he is so good. (laughs) How we say it. And our silences. (laughs) Our silences can be non-truthful. Is it true? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Yo, I fail so often with my mouth. So often. So I could have read all that list and think, well, <sighs> I fail. <laughs> God, I fail. But we are not condemned. We are not condemned but are we convicted are we convicted because then Paul goes into putting on he doesn't leave us there he says okay not only must you cease to do evil you must do well with people you must not only stop hurting people you must be good to people put on put on. And in the middle there, do you see that incredibly wonderful verse? He says we are, he calls us God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. In the middle. Now he's speaking to the Colossians, obviously like us, and he knows we know. He know God has told him how what we're like. We have all these things that we need to constantly be putting to death and get victory over. They haven't as Paul's writing just done it all. They're still struggling. They're still putting to death. But he calls them and he calls me and you today God's called, holy, beloved ones. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've accepted his blood, his blood covers some of my sin, all of my sin. It covers me. And he looks at me and he says, Lainey, you put your name in there. You are holy. It's incredible. And you're holy because you've been called, called by me. And if you are holy, it means you've been called. And not only that, you are beloved. You are loved, loved, loved. Do you hear that? And if I just pray, that's one of my prayers. Do not be condemned, be convicted, because you are loved. God is for you. He's rooting for you. He's saying you can do this because you know me. Because you know me. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he lists now seven attributes to put on. And then the eighth one, which is all-encompassing. And they're all to do with, atri- with, sorry, with at- relationships. Everything to do with relationships. So cool. So the first one he tells us to put on is compassionate hearts. King James is wonderful. He talks about the bowels of mercy. So from deep, deep within, do we have compassionate hearts? Do you know that it's Christianity? And you can go back and look at history. It is Christianity that has brought in compassion, care for the maimed and the, and, the, and the hurt. If you were born in those Roman times when Paul is writing as a baby and you had some deformity, they would just put you on the rubbish heap. Seriously, they'd just leave that baby on the rubbish heap. Women were treated as nothing. They were things that you could do whatever you wanted with, whenever you wanted with, however you wanted with. The aged were just, well, they're old now. No good. Don't feed them. They would stop feeding their slaves, their old slaves. Stop feeding them so that they would die. It's Christianity that's brought in orphanages. It's Christianity that's brought in the way that we care for humanity, the way that we have compassion for humanity child, i think today am i so busy with my life with my social life with my social media life that i'm not noticing when i'm not compass- i'm not having compassion that i'm pushing it down we've got to put on compassion it does not necessarily come easily put on compassion put on kindness Kindness. I spoke a couple of months ago about kindness. You can go and re-look at that preach if you're not sure what kindness is. I could encapsulate it and say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. When you give yourself the extra helping, give the other person it. Be kind to one another. Put on humility. Humility, number one, before the Lord, your God, your Creator. And to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior means I've got to take myself off as God of my life and allow him to be God of my life. Humility that I can't run my life by myself. I need God. And then humility towards each other. Well, hmm, I'm better than you. No, I'm not. We are all created in the image of God. We are all worthy of kindness, of compassion, all worthy, all worthy. As, that previous, as the scripture said, there's, neither, there's no differentiation. Meekness, meekness is a sort of old-fashioned word. What does it mean? When someone irritates you, when someone provokes you, when someone's mean to you, when someone's cruel to you, react in meekness. The natural thing is, ah. That doesn't mean we let go. We don't really allow, you know, when things are wrong, that doesn't mean we let go of them. But the way we react to them is important. Not disdain and, 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 and you know, just blah. To bridle our anger, to control our anger. There is a righteous anger, and I hope you are hearing me here. There is a righteous anger, but how often is our anger righteous? And to accept the anger of others, and to not respond angrily back, but to respond with meekness. It's hard, eh? Jesus says, put it on. Bearing with one another. Well, I've got no, no horrible traits. You can ask my husband. I'm such a pleasure to live with. Nothing irritating in what I do. <laughs> Guys, we've got irritating habits. I probably irritate you the way I preach. I don't know. But, we, but you put up with me? Do I put up with you? <laughs> do I put up with your irritating habits? Lots of people put up with mine. But I'm so, I'm a, you must put up with mine, but don't you dare. I'm not putting up with yours. Yeah, come on, get right. Bearing with one another. And then the last one in this list of the, of the seven, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. So you saw Kat, she was heavy, burdened. What did she do with the stuff? She put it off. Did she have to do it? Yeah. She did. And then now what's she been putting on? Her stuff, but it's her beautiful stuff. It's her compassion. It's her kindness. And as I finish off, I want to then ask us, How? We've said why. We know what we've got to put off. We know what we've got to put on. How? And in the scripture, Paul tells us. Thank God he tells us. And the one thing he says is, Love covers all. Love covers all. All. Love covers all. How do we do all this? With love. And then he gives us some other hints. Verse verse 15, 16, 14, 15, 16, 17 is the how. If you want to know, God, how do I do this? Remind yourself and go and read these. Thanks, Kat. So number one, love. Number two, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ Rule where? In your hearts. The peace of Christ. Rule in your hearts. Do you really accept his love and favor? Oh, I just feel people need to hear that this morning. Do you really accept his love and and favor as a, as a born again believer. And then the peace of Christ can rule in my heart. And it's like an umpire. Should I? Shouldn't I? Let Jesus be the umpire. He wants to be. A little bit further it says that same verse is into which indeed you were called in one body. So the peace that we experience, we accept his love and favor, we extend to others because we're one body. We extend to each other. You are favored. You are loved like me. Verse 16, it never always comes up when when we preach. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How much of the Word of God have we got in us? Well, I've got a Bible. I've got it on my phone. No. You know, it's like math. When when you, when I te- when you teach math, there's a, there's a formula sheet. Just a simple example. There's a formula sheet. Any matrix student out there, big hint. You know, I, when I was teaching math, I was mean and nasty. I did not allow them to use their formula sheet until their prelim. Why? Because they learned those formulas. And they knew those formulas. So when they looked at a question, they were able to say, hmm, which formula is it is? Not? Uh, is there a formula? In the same way, yeah, I can have the Bible. I read the Bible. I hope we're doing that. But is it in us? Are we memorizing it? Are we knowing it? Is it dwelling in richly? I know I'm not there yet. I need more and more. And more. It's a way that I'm going to be able to put off and put on. And he continues in that verse. Teaching and admonishing. That's what I'm doing here. And you're all here. Well done. All of you listening to the podcast, why weren't you here? (laughs) Teaching and admonishing. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's part of how we're going to put off and put on when we sing together and worship together. And then in verse number five, verse 17, he says, Do everything. Everything. How much? Everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So, guys, when we're trying to put off, catch yourself. And ask yourself, can I do this in the name of Jesus? Can I say this and with the same breath say, Jesus? Do everything in the name of Jesus. And then finally, number six. It's in 15 and it's in 16 and it's in 17. Be thankful. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross. If you've got nothing else to thank Him for, you can thank Him that He died on the cross for you. But then we've got so much. We've got no load shedding today. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for my husband. Thank you for my glorious children. Thank you that I got a grandbaby on the way. And if you didn't know, I got a grandbaby on the way. First time I've said it from here, I've restrained myself for 24 weeks. <laughs> There's so much to be thankful for. Are we being thankful? Quite a hard message, hey. Tough to hear, but liberating. Liberating. We need to put off, put to death, not just mm, put to death. We need to put on. Jesus has told us how in the scripture and many other places, just that this is our text today, with love, peace of Christ, word dwelling in us richly, teaching and admonishing, singing, doing everything in the name of Jesus Christ. And being thankful. And you know, I, there's a verse that I often quote to myself. It's, it's Psalm 34. And it starts off, and I've learned in the NIV. It says, extol the Lord at all times. And you think, at all times. So I just put in my word search in the Bible, at all times. And there's so many, so many of them. Here's just a few of them. Job 27 verse 10, 10 says, Will you call upon God at all times? The one I love, my, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. 106 verse 3, Who do ri- righteousness when? At all times. Ephesians 6 verse 8, 18, Praying at all times in the spirit. Why do we need the at all times? Because of this earthly body. We are not in heaven yet. We're going to be, we are going to be, and we're not going to be able to sin. How incredible is that? It is, because now we can choose and not choose. But if we're doing this stuff at all times, what's going to happen? You're gonna be renewed more and more and more. Do you want that? I say this soberly. I don't know how your brain is working now. I think, ah, oh, come on, this is so heavy. Oh, oh. It's the word of God, and if you know Jesus, and I want to reiterate that, you're called, you're holy. You are beloved. That's his covering. But he doesn't stop there. He says, come on. Let's come more and more and more like me. Why? So that I can say, oh, I'm such a good person. Sanctified? only.' No. Why? Why? People, I ask you, why? Why? There's a world out there. That is dying. Jesus is coming. If I live differently, what happens? I will get... you, oh, you stupid. You're just an idiot. You're old-fashioned. You will get all the flack. Can I say, if you're not getting flack, you want the flack. You do. Why? Because you're living in a way... That makes people think what's different and good different, not bad different, not holy and mighty. I'm so much better than you. As I said in that one point, we're not Pharisees, we are just the same. We are fighting the same battles, but we have the privilege of the Holy Spirit and we are covered by the blood of Jesus. Let's bring others into this building, into this church, it's not a building, into, this, into our family. Or any family of God, as long as it's a family of God. Just sit for a moment. What is God saying to you? You. Is He asking you to put something off, to fight a bit more? Is he challenging you on your putting on? Is he reminding you that you are loved, chosen, holy, beloved? Is he saying, I don't know you. I'm calling you. But I don't know you. Come. Be humble before me. The Lord God. Creator of heaven and earth. Who came as a baby. Who gave his life. creator of the universe came as a man gave his life so that my sin is forever covered by his blood do business with God with your eyes still closed I just felt now to read over us the last verse of the book of Jude now to him and forever. Amen. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrchurch.co.za.